Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everyone. From Coolidge, Arizona, on September the 2nd, 2018. My, we have a wonderful day ahead of us. We're going to go right into the book of Job. You realize where we've been. We've been discussing where did I come from, and then why am I here, and we're finishing up on that second division this week. Uh, Maybe we'll get into where am I going. Those are the three and the only three questions of life that are worth studying and are worth dealing with. Those three questions, what are they? Number one, where Where did I come from? Secondly, why am I here? And we've spent a lot of time discussing that. And if you can't put that out uh, into a brief form, then you've missed the point. And you've missed the point of life. Folks, we're talking about that which brings us to life. To life. That's right. This, this, this is not politics. This is how God looks at life. Wow. That ought to stir your, stir your juices up. And so it's very, very important that you understand why we're here. What brought about the creation and how Satan had his play in that and the result of it and how that ends with us and our responsibility and the reward. And that brings us to where are we going? And that is uh, regarding the inheritance that God has in plan for those who are faithful to him who have not seen God but who live in faith. And you see, Satan never lived in faith. He rebelled against God having seen him. But when we who have not seen him, when we who have not seen him are faithful, that is meritous. That brings honor and praise to the name and character of God. That puts us in the right frame of mind, the right track, and the right purpose for living. That ought to be your philosophy of life. Well, I guess I can go home now. (laughs) David said in the notes here when we first introduced those three thoughts that of those three, the last one involves our choice, our our choosing, or as you said, our responsibility. It brings us to that point of responsibility. Exactly right, Nolan. I think that if that got recorded, why, that's good enough. That's great. All right, let's go to Job chapter 1. I've got to start with verse 1. There was a man. Does it make any difference whether you put in their donkey? Does it make a difference? 
Yeah. Yeah. Why does it make a difference? Now, this is a purpose. There's a question for this purpose. I mean, a purpose for that question. (laughs) There was a donkey. So what? You see, there, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. Now, this name of this man was Job, and he was a man, not a donkey, not a turkey, not a rhinoceros. Now, as nice as those animals are, what's the difference between those and man? Man has an eternal being. Man has an eternal consciousness, and he has a responsible life to which he has to give an account for. Based on God's terms, folks, not your terms. Here's a man. Why is that necessary? Because the next verse says, I mean the next phrase says, and this man was a shame to humanity. That man was blameless. Oh, he was blameless. Upright. Fearing God, turning now, away from evil. This was the first this was the first book written, as far as we know, in the Bible, because the Matthew or uh, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy were written by Moses on Mount Sinai. And that was uh, he he was given the history of the beginnings. And that's what the word beginnings means, or the, the word Genesis means, is the beginnings. And it's the beginnings, which means it is a historical context. Well, now, some of you don't know what's going on in the world, but there's a lot of people who are thinking that This brings us into a covenant context. No, God gave to Moses the history of the beginnings. That puts us into a historical context. You realize what that means? Well, think about it. All right, that man, this man that we're talking about now was blameless. So early on, after Adam and Eve, we don't know, I don't know when for sure, But a while after, uh, in the patriarchal age, Job was a man after after man had sinned, he was still blameless. He was still blameless. No fault could be found. Upright, upright. I mean, he wasn't upside down. He had things in balance. I was thinking that had more of an evolutionary take to it. I wouldn't count on it, (laughs) Alex. (laughs) And fearing God, having living in the perimeter of a responsiveness to the authority of God in his life. No, no. some folks live outside of that perimeter. He lived inside the perimeter of his understanding of God. And turning away from evil. That is a deliberate, conscious move. All of you and I 
can achieve that. From God's perspective, we can achieve it. Turning away from evil, turning away from things that have no validity, turning away from things that have no long-term purpose, turning away from the non-purpose pursuit of life. Now he says in verse 2, now that's very important, remember verse 1. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. He possessed uh, a few head of cows and sheep and camels and oxen. I, I should have said sheep rather than cows. Female donkeys, very many servants, and that man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Well to do. Now that gives us the setting. Now in verse 5, when the days of feasting had completed their cycle, Job would send and consecrate them. Now why would he do that? It tells us why. Rising up early in the morning and offering burnt offering, according to the number of them all, for Job said, perhaps my son have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Now he consecrated his children, right? Consecrated his children. That was a patriarchal right. He consecrated his children because possibly they have sinned. He wanted them to be set apart and renewed in their life And the thing that they may have done is to have cursed God. You see, that would bring them into alignment with the devil. That's what the devil did with God. He cursed God. Now, you can't find thou shalt not curse God anywhere in the Ten Commandments. And yet that is the sin of all sins. But it's never dealt with in any of the law, and all things of the law can be dealt with. But cursing God is a whole different realm. And folks, we don't take this serious enough because we're ignorant. We simply are not knowledgeable of what the issue of the scripture is, and it's between cursing God and being blessed by God and blessing God. That's the issue. If you don't get it, you've got a problem, not me. And I like putting the burden on you. So they may have cursed God. Verse 7, the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Satan said, Lord, uh, he answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the face of the earth and walking about on it. He'd been cast out of heaven already previously, right? We've discussed that. You were with us on that. He was put on the earth. And, the, and so then, and, and uh, probably in the meantime, between in the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And from that time on to the first five, seven days of creation is when Satan took his place on earth. Now that's that's um, a little subjective. So you think about it. 
So the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? So here, here look, look what God has done. He says, Now, I've got, I've got a good man down here, but I, I want to give Satan, I want to give you the best man I got. I want to give you, I want to give you, let's go for the best. And Job represents the best of all of mankind. He has been fruitful and successful. He has managed his life on every level. A lot of folks are out of balance. Oh, they're good business managers. But they're terrible managing their emotions. Terrible on some aspects. And that's true with most of us. But here's a man who had it all together. Every element of his life was in proper perspective. And then verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord. This is key. If you haven't memorized this verse, I would suggest you get it memorized so that you always have it as the pivot point of Scripture. Satan answered the Lord. He's addressing God. Remember we talked last week about God addressing Satan and Satan addressing God back in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Remember that. Don't forget that. That all is tying together here. Does Job fear God for no reason? Almost, if not all, religions today have religion as the means of getting favored by some level of godhood. Well, I thought thought you'd all scream. Nearly all religions, if not all religions, have and teach their people that if you do this, and you do that, and you do something else, that you will be favored by God. Most are appeasing God so you won't get angry. And appeasing God so you don't get angry, so that's the, that's the same thing, but sure. kind of a twist on it. That's very true. Does Job, would anyone serve God without a reason? And so you have to ask yourself, would I be true to what is right for no reason? Yeah, yeah, well, it's getting a little weak there. I don't know for sure whether I would. Well, now you're getting more real. Would I be true? Would I be true if there were no reward to me. Satan is asking God, does Job does Job fear God for nothing? Surely there's got to be a reason for him to serve you. See, Job is casting the blame for his departure from God's realm to this issue. This is the pivot point. 
This is the pivot point of Scripture. Do you get it? God presents Job as a as a solid A1 AAA merchandise, correct? The first thing Satan does is deny it, counter it, and question it. True. It's a direct, and, and it's not even an insult upon God. Not completely. It's insulting Job as well. He has no free will. He has no, obviously has no mind or heart, so he's just aimlessly out of fear and need. This is your best stuff. This, yeah. Will a child do most anything if they're promised a reward? Yeah. Yeah, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? That's usually the first thing we think. What's in it for me? And that comes straight from Satan. That's and it, right here's the proof. And there's the proof. We have to break that real early with children. What's in it for me? I want peace. Well, what's in it for you? Well, you think peace. You've always got something that's in it for you. Folks, this is a hard... If I don't get anywhere else today, but I make you think on this, then we need to think on this because this is the most important issue of the Scripture. It doesn't come any more difficult to grasp and to apply and to express the wholeness of what God is up to. Well, if you're okay with Satan wiping his feet all over Job and his love for God, then you're not. Then this isn't going to really affect you much. Not going to have any effect. So, here you have a man in God's sight who has met every requirement for humanity. A long ways down the line after the Garden of Eden. We don't know how far. And when he comes down to challenging God, Satan, he says, no, what's, what's in it for Job? Why, why does Job serve you? Remember what we had in Psalms, what, was it chapter 8? I don't remember right now. But I, I think somewhere in Psalms, the earlier part of the book, uh, it tells you what the heavenly hosts were doing. They were two things. Remember the two things. What were the heavenly hosts doing? They were serving His will, doing His will, and and obeying, obeying and the voice obeying the voice of His word. Satan rebelled against that. He cursed God. And that's what brought about the creation of the world. We all know that so far. We have documented that over and over and over again. We can't go over and do that again. But remember that here we have something going on that's going to help us define that it defines both sin. We like to have sin put into a box that we can identify with. And yet, 
where does the where does the law ever speak about the cursing of God as sin? It doesn't. You see, you've got a whole realm of so-called Christian scholars today who are saying that Satan could not exist as a spiritual being because if he was in heaven, he could not sin because he didn't have flesh. Sin is the ability to sin. I mean, flesh is the ability to sin. You know, if you believe in all the rest of the stuff with the Trinity and whatever else, that's going to be really easy to push. That's right. And it, it just doesn't make sense once you get a solid picture of the foundation that we're going through right now. You see, it just clarifies all of that periphia. Of Job's, Job's pride, and, and God was stronger than Job's pride for Job. Yeah. He had an honor for God that kept him true, and he even took respect because the father could do that in the patriarchal age, could take the respect and the honor and sanctify his children, his family, and so that they would remain where he was in his life. That was an honorable thing for Job to do. So let's read on. God, Satan answers the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Everybody wants something out of God. You take away, well, you're going to get this and you're going to do that. God's going to hear that. God's going to hear something else. You take all of that for people, well, why be a Christian? Now, what have you got then? You've got nothing but a bunch of hellions on your hand. I don't mean that complimentary. <laughs> Not at all, folks. You've got to remember that we have fallen into the trap that we want to do the right thing out of reward and out of expectations of God honoring our good works. Hmm. We have to do the right thing for the right reason. Well said. So Job is putting this Satan is putting this together for us. He is saying something here that quickens our conscience. It gets us right in the quick. You know, you've got a thumbnail. You can trim a thumbnail. I've got three, four fingernails that haven't been trimmed because I can't do it with my right hand. <laughs> you just have to chew them off. I'm going to have to chew them off. <laughs> but you know, that doesn't hurt, does it? What hurts? If you get into the quick. Well, if you get down into the quick. Oh, yeah. And you see, this kind of thinking right here gets into the quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is revive. This is revival type stuff, as 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 uh, Neil has said earlier. Isn't that when people always get mad, David? When you get down to it. Oh, when you get down to the quick. That's when that's when the blood starts to boil. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm no different. No. So uh, that's. But we being cognizant of it is a big step toward resolving it. Great. So verse ten. But don't forget, you ought to underline that passage. 
Does God fear God? Does, God? does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. Now, we've already read about everything. He was the richest man in the East. He didn't even have a wart on his nose. This guy was a good-looking chap. And once again, he's taken everything that Job has done and accomplished and flushed it down the toilet and credited it to God as some kind of reward. Or, uh, That's right. Job didn't have anything to do with this. He only did it because you were bribing him. Another lie. Another lie. See, the only thing that God did do was speak well of his hands and, that's the, work right. that he did, and the work that he did. Oh, and we're going to get to that. Oh, I tell you, it just makes your, your spine tingle, if you've still got a spine. <laughs> so, but now, in verse 11, you put forth your hand now and teach and touch all that he has. Now, he's already given us a list of everything that he has. Now, is this God speaking to Satan or Satan speaking to God here? As Satan. The, oh, Satan, the, Satan speaking. Satan. Did, I, did I misstate it? No, no, I'm just, I, I, got, I was wondering that. Myself. Okay, so I, I may have misstated it. Verse 11, but put forth your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will surely, surely, folks, what is the object of, of Satan is to get people to curse God. You're not going to buy that, but I'm going to show you why in a little bit if we get time. And he's presenting it as a certainty. He will surely, surely, that's certainty, isn't it? Yeah. Curse you to your face. If you turn away the things that you used to bribe him. That's his story, Satan. <laughs> That's, that, is, that, that is Satan's story. That's right. Thanks for the clarification. If you, if you take away all the things that you have used to bribe Job, then he will turn around and he will do for you what you blame me and kicked me out of heaven for doing when I was in your presence. You see that? Misery loves company. Yeah. Now, you know, we've, we've read all the passages that deal with that, so I'm just tying it together. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has, okay, we'll, 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 we'll just see whether you're right or not. Then And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan, there was one limitation. What was it? Don't put your hand on You couldn't kill him. Well, it don't, you can't kill him. Don't put your hand on him personally. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord to go about and do his dirty work. And then you'll notice in the rest of that chapter that one by one, all of the things were taken away from Job. All of the things that had been accredited to God's bribery were taken away. He is crumbling. He is becoming wimpy. 
He is becoming just like jello in Satan's hand. That's Job for you, isn't it? No. No. You didn't follow me. That's right, Tanya. You got it right. Now, notice what he says in verse 20. After all of these things are taken away, his family, his farm, his cattle, I mean, everything was gone. Everything had been listed as to his favor. Satan had said, these are things that you have bribed Job with. I've taken them all away. He says, naked, verse 21, naked I came out of my mother's womb. Anything wrong with that statement? No. No. Naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has given away, has taken away. And then he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Or speak well. The word blessed means to speak well of. Anytime you accredit. By the way, this word means that. You use the word in Matthew 5, that's makorios. And makorios means to be content. You've mentioned that last yeah. week. But this is the word eulogy. This is the word eulogy. It never has to do with getting something. Don't we use it that way? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've been so blessed. What do people mean by that? Well, they don't mean anything biblical because that's not a biblical... They, you just can't, you can't stretch the word far enough to get that out of the word blessed. The word blessed means to speak well of, and that's very critical for where we're going for the rest of this, of the New Testament. Because that tells us what the inheritance is all about. So get a handle on that. Now notice the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In God's provision, he has made it possible for what he has provided to be taken away. God does not manipulate. God does not change. He was subject to, and you see, Job didn't know about the devil. This is all going on out of his side. So you have to remember remember that too. Well, that's critical. That's critical. He did not know. Had he known he was being tested, which he was, can we, you know, can we say that with yeah. authority that he was being tested? And you, had he known he was being tested, he would surely hang in there. Oh, sure. I'm going to get double if I hang through this. You've got to remember that Job did not realize that God and Satan were having this contest putting him into the middle of this contest. That's the important factor. We have to give it to you one piece at a time. It's Job's character that's on trial here. That's right. And so he can't know beforehand. That's like Abraham. I think we last mentioned last week Abraham uh, with, uh, with Isaac. And, right. and when he said, I want you to offer Isaac, but when he did so or attempted to do so on Mount Moriah, and he lifted up his hand to slay his own son, Isaac. God said, stop. Now, now, now I know that you are going to be my man. Now I know. God runs us through the test, but he never tells us what the test is. 
David, like you said earlier, limits his knowledge on the outcome. Let's us decide the outcome. Exactly. Well said. Now, speaking well of the name of the he, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this, through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. It is so easy to blame God for any misfortune. Or to credit God for any fortune. Both are sin. And usually wrong. And usually wrong. I hope that you got it without me having to repeat it. Now, in chapter 2, and I've just got to keep moving here. Again, um, where have you come from in verse 2? Same thing has happened in chapter 1. Verse 3, the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Job is, you know, he's still at the top of the list. You can see why. Now he doesn't have anything. Nothing. No family, no children. All have been taken away from him. He never blamed God. I've heard people say who have been successful, I have been so favored by God. Folks, that is nonsense. You know, we got to quit thinking like the devil. we just got to quit thinking that way. If you are successful in whatever you have given yourself to life to do, why are you successful in that? Because you put yourself to be successful in that. And God has principles that we can live by that will assist us and aid us in that. But God doesn't manipulate your life for good or for bad. But the idea is, David, if God gives you success, then if you fail, he's punishing you. You see, so it fits wonderfully in the world view. <laughs> and that is so true because this, outside of the lesson now, we go into... When this is accomplished in chapter 2, then the three friends come to the surface. Yes. And the three friends of Job, who are dear friends, they sit for seven days around the fire. Yes. You know, just sit there and they're staring at Job. <laughs> Can you see that? Yes. They're just staring at Job. Not a word was said. Can you imagine how Job felt was these three friends staring at him. And by the way, at the end, they got punished, not Job. But they kept saying, you know, you know, you know. And after the seven days, they said, Job, you know you've done wrong because wrong things have happened, bad things have happened to you. Yes. See that? Yes. Bad things have happened to you, Job. Oh, you have begun, you are a sinner and we have to pry and pry and pry until we find out what it is you've done wrong that would cause this bad thing for 
you for for uh, for uh, for God to do this to you, folks. That is the most that is the thinking of Christendom today, and is exactly altogether against Christianity. And I'm not saying that to be nice. Huh. Okay, in back back to chapter back to chapter two. So the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Nothing, no one like him. My, there is no one like him. No one like him. It means they could have been, but they aren't. He was. No one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Having had everything physically taken away from him that that Satan could use as a bribe against Job as to why he served God. Satan answered the Lord in verse 4 and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man has he will give for his life. Now he's getting down to playing dirty. He's a real philosopher, he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so the Lord said to Satan, does Job know this? No, Job doesn't know this. Job, and, and so the Lord said to Satan, behold, he, third person, he didn't know about this, he is in your power, but there is a limit. Don't take his life. So, Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and he smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Now, how much was missed? Not much. <laughs> Not missed. And he took a potsherd to scrape himself while he was sitting among the ashes. And his wife said in verse 7, Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God. So what was the issue? Cursing God. The object of Satan is to get any of us to serve and to curse God. Why? Because in cursing God, we put ourselves into the sin of spirit blasphemy. That is the only sin of blasphemy anywhere discussed in the Bible. And we're going to talk about that. There's a lot of contextual problems in that passage, and we're not, probably not going to have time to get there today. But his wife said to him, Do you still, have, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But I, notice what he says. This is not a male-female thing. This is, this is just a man and woman event. But he said to her, you speak as one of the empty heads. The word foolish here means empty head. You speak as one of the foolish women. Shall we indeed accept good from God, even though... Did God give him his 7,000 camels? No, he was sinner. No. No, but he had the provision. He made the provision. He made the camels. He made the process whereby camels are 
are earned and kept, farmed. God, God said, is anything on the earth something that you can say, I did it? You know, God says, um, God and Satan are having a little contest, and, and God says to uh, uh, Satan, let's, let's both make a man, well, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. And uh, so, okay, let's, let's go ahead and do that. And God reaches down, and he takes a little cup of dust, and Satan reaches down and takes a little cup of God's dust. And God said, oh, no, 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 no. You have to get, make your own dust. Yeah, you get your own dirt. You eat your own. You get yeah. your own dirt. Yeah, I like that. yeah you Paul know. Carney. Yeah. Paul Carney told us that forty years ago. Yeah, I thought that was a good story. It's a great too. story. Yes, yeah. And I remember. Get your own dirt. <laughs> yeah, get yeah. your own dirt. You know that that's so valid. It's such a real point. And so everything that is there for us to achieve, God has provided it, yeah. but it's up to us. To develop, it. to develop it and to earn it, yeah. whatever it takes to get it, yeah. if it's honorable. So he says, you or she says, he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not ad- accept adversity? In all this sin, Job did not sin with his lips. Now her objective was the same as Satan's objective. And that is to get Satan, or uh, to get Job to curse God. You speak evil of God because he stripped you of all of the bribery. When you, when you strip the churches today of all the things that they tell the people they will get if they're Christian, Wow. Or on TV, those TV evangelists. Whoa. It is disgusting. We got to remember that, folks. Yeah. We just got to remember that. And we got to remember, remember this lesson of Job. We're in Job chapter 1 and verse 9. Remember it, apply it, get the idea, because next week I want to, we run out of time, I want to go in and discuss Matthew chapter 12. What the blasphemy of the spirit is, and that it is that it is exactly what Satan did that kicked got him kicked out of heaven, and that it's something about what we say with meaning against who and what God is. Matthew chapter twelve next week, and then we will go right into uh, regarding how much time that takes. We will right. We will go right into phase three now. Is what not only where I came from and why am I here, which is what we're concluding now. See, and most folks don't have a clue. But where am I going? And it's going to be by your choice. And we're going to set the foundation with some solidity next Lord's Day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we have these moments to share. Oh, for the character of Job, we thank you for his example that we can do the right thing for the right reason. May that be our intent in Jesus' name. Amen.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.